It's really good to see everybody. We're going to go ahead and open up with a word of prayer first, and then we'll get jump right back into our lesson on the life of Christ. It's good to see you all. So let's go ahead and pray and prepare our hearts for worship. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us together. Thank you for a chance to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, just to take a, a short few minutes out of our day um, to break the bread of life, to study your word, and to learn more about you. And uh, I will be the first to admit, and I know that everyone else here will too, that we definitely need you. We need your truth and your love and your mercy and your grace. And we do know that you promise us in your word that we find those things by reading and studying your truth. So Holy Spirit, be with us now in this time of study. Open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our minds, and our lives to this truth. Help us to receive it. Help us to believe it. And give us the strength and willingness to walk in it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 So <clears throat> we're going to finish up. Um, if y'all, if you see the worksheet that y'all been working on, we've been working on for the last couple of weeks. We did a lesson on John the Baptist, and uh, of course we saw uh, John the Baptist came and proclaimed the kingdom of God. He proclaimed that the kingdom of God was at hand, that the Messiah was here. He had arrived. That God was fulfilling His promises, and. Um, last week, we finished up by discussing the two reactions to the claims of John the Baptist. Who remembers? What were the two reactions? Who were the two groups of people that were pointed out to us? Do y'all remember? The Jews and the Gentiles. Okay. Well, no, it wasn't the Jews and the Gentiles. It, um, because right now, he's not really going. He doesn't really turn to the Gentiles until after he ascends into heaven. It, um, while Jesus is here, it, remember in John chapter 1 it says, He came to His own, but His own did not receive Him. But to all of those who did receive Him, to all those that believed on His name, He gave them the right to become children of God. And so when Jesus came, the first time He was coming, and what did John the Baptist claim? Who did John the Baptist claim He was? The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But not only that, but who, what else did He claim that He was? What does Jesus' name mean? Jesus, Joshua, what does that word mean? We've talked about that in the past. Mm. What does it mean to say Jesus? It means if Yahweh. Huh? Yahweh. Yahweh. Uh, well, he is Yahweh, but it, to, the, the name Jesus means Savior. All right? I was going to say that, but then right. that was Emmanuel, right? Emmanuel is God with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when John the Baptist is proclaiming him as the Savior, he's proclaiming to the Jewish people that their Messiah has arrived. The Messiah has the arrived. Messiah and so the whole, his whole earthly ministry, who was he ministering to, basically? It was basically to the Jewish people. Now, there were some uh, Gentiles that were saved. Uh, the centurion soldier, we learned about him a while back. Remember, there, there are some scattered Gentiles that do become believers during this ministry. But the main part of his ministry is to the Jews. And then what is the the, the nation of Israel's proper, the population, what is their reaction going to be to him being the Messiah? Yeah. They're going to reject him. That's exactly right. And once they reject him, then he turns to the Jew, uh, to the Gentiles. And so the reason that you and I um, are believers today, the reason that if you're in this room today and you're a born-again, blood-bought child of God, the reason is because 12 apostles, 12 Jewish disciples, went out and did what he told them to do, which was to proclaim the gospel message that he had died for our sins, that he rose from the grave, that he ascended into heaven. And so they went out and shared that message with the world, right? And we are all a, a result of them going and doing what they were called and commanded to do. So Jesus went out when he came as first as Messiah. He was rejected by the by the Jewish people. So 
when he first came on the scene, John the Baptist was the one who announced that he was here. And just like Lori said a minute ago, one of his major claims was, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Remember, that was one of the claims. Look, there's the, the one. That's the, that's the Lamb that's going to take away the sin of the world. And so John, as John is proclaiming that, <coughs> he was also telling people to do something. What was it that he was telling people to do? Who remembers? I'll give you a hint. If you'll turn really quickly over to the book of Mark. Look at Mark chapter 1. And we'll see what Jesus is saying there in Mark chapter 1. Alright, it says, uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The beginning of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your, your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the Baptist appeared into the wilderness, preaching a baptism of what? Repentance and forgiveness of sin. So what is Mark telling us right away? That John the Baptist is the the prophesied one. That Isaiah had prophesied that right before the Messiah came on the scene, that a messenger was going to come and declare that message. And so what is John the Baptist doing? He's fulfilling that prophecy by doing what? Proclaiming the Messiah is here. And not only is he proclaiming that the Messiah is here, but what is the other part of his message? Repentance and forgiveness. Right? Those are two very important things. What does it mean to repent? Repent means to have an understanding that I am going the wrong way and to turn around. That's what it means to repent. If I'm walking towards, uh, if I see my child walking towards the busy highway, I say, repent. What am I saying? Stop, turn around, don't go that way. That's dangerous, you see. And so John was telling people to repent, to recognize that their sins were um, hanging over their head and that the wrath of God was upon them, and that if they didn't turn around and find forgiveness, then they would pay for their own sins. So John was proclaiming that the Messiah was here, and John was proclaiming that you needed to repent and find forgiveness. Okay? So that's the message that John was proclaiming. Alright, so now let's turn to um, Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter 7. Um, this is what we have been talking about. Luke 7 and Matthew 11 is what we've been talking about the last couple weeks. And um, <clears throat> let's look at Luke chapter 7, verse 29 and 30. I want you to notice the two groups of people that this message was going out to. Remember, John was proclaiming this message out in the wilderness. All of the people from Jerusalem and the surrounding areas had heard about John, and they were all going out into the desert where John was preaching. And look what it says in verse 29. When all the people and the tax collectors heard, they acknowledged God's justice having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. Now, uh, that there's a lot being said in that statement. Look at verse um, in verse 29 in particular. When all the people and the tax collectors heard this, 
they acknowledged God's justice. Now, who are the people and the tax collectors? This is one the group Pharisees, of people. The Pharisees? No, the Pharisees and the, and the scribes are a different group. Well, they were the sinners. The sinners, the poor people, the meek, the humble, the broken, the ones that were thirsting after righteousness, the ones that God was drawing to himself. All right? And they had, they, before you can ever come to God, you recognize you need to come to God, right? And what is one of the first things that God does in your heart to make you realize you need him? What is one of the first things that he does to make you realize you need him? He changes your heart. Well, he does change your heart. There's no doubt about that. But what is the, one of the first things that happens when we start realizing, why do we need him? What is the, why do we need him? Good. So one of the first things that God begins to bring up in our lives is let's us see our sins. And claim our part. Right. You you see? And if and so a lot to do with recovery. Like when we're addicted, we have to claim our mistakes that we made. So when you read the Word of God, what does the Word of God do? It brings out your sins. Why do most people not want to read the Bible? It's not because they can't understand it. It's written on a sixth grade reading level. The reason they don't want to understand it is because if they understand it, it points to them that they are sinners and that they are in need of a Savior. And they don't want to see that. In the same way, just like you were talking about an alcoholism or drug addict, if people are not ready to see their problem, they're going to just continue to blame it on others, aren't they? So what does God do? He lets us see see our sin. That's one of the first things that happens when God begins to to work in our lives. And and then when, when we... When we see that or don't want to see it, it's those people that refuse to see it that keep falling back into it. Same with same with the same with the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Okay, so there's one group of people. The, it said all of the people and the tax collectors heard this message from John, and they acknowledged God's justice. Now let's think about that. What does it mean to say they acknowledge God's justice? What does it mean to say that God is just? Or what is God's justice? Well, we acknowledge that we've made mistakes and we can't do it without it. <clears throat> okay, so what, is it, what does it mean to say someone is just or that they are expressing or are practicing justice? What does that mean? Authority. They, they do have authority, no doubt about that. But what does it mean to say someone is just? He's right. He's right. That's, that's, that's justice. He's right. All right. I don't know. I just, <laughs> That's exactly the answer we're looking for. All right. So if you go to court and you got caught and you got a DUI, the judge has all the right in the world to find you to the to the limits of whatever the state says they can find. Right. And what are you supposed to say? You are right. 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 Well, we don't. But what are you going to do? You're going to hire a lawyer and, see if, we can get away and see if you can get away with it. Right. Why? Because you don't want to acknowledge that the law is what. Just. just right because we want to justify who ourselves the whole time we know we done wrong that's wrong. exactly right <laughs> so we want to justify ourselves so these tax collectors and these people hear this message from John they repent and are baptized so it says that they recognize that God is just what does that mean that God is right that God is right and they are wrong you see how that works So, look at it again, verse 29. When all of the people, this is Luke 7, verse 29. When all of the people and the tax collectors heard this, they acknowledged God's justice, having been baptized with the baptism of John. 
So what did they do? They repented and they were baptized. Remember, that was the message from John. The Messiah is here. Repent and receive forgiveness for your sins. Well, see, they recognize it because they're about God had already opened their eyes because they went to John to get baptized. Yep. But but watch. When they got baptized, they were acknowledged that God was right and they were wrong. What does baptism say for us that I deserve to die? It deserves me. I deserve to be the one that's dead and buried and raised again, right? And so baptism is a picture of what has happened in their heart. What's happened in their heart? God has cleansed them and given them a new life, a new heart. So they died of the old person that they used to be. And they're, and they're raised again as a new creation, you see? And so look at it again. It says, having, they acknowledge God's justice having been baptized with the baptism of John. So that's one group, the sinners and all the people, the tax collectors, the rough crowd. All right, Those are the ones that receive the message. But look what it says next. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves. And having been and and not having been baptized by God, so what do they do with the message? They rejected. They rejected it, and not only did they reject it, but look so what they it's, were looking down on those people. They thought they were better than everybody else, and they knew the law. They knew everything. So a, they didn't open their heart or their eyes. But that's very true. Now watch though, the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves. What was God's purpose for the Jewish people? To be saved by the Savior. Well, God chose them out of all of the people in well, the world. The, he didn't the, choose the Amorites or the Hittites right, or the right. Parasites or the but Jebusites or any of those ites, did he? The Jewish people was to bring Jesus into the world because it's Good. So part of their purpose was for them to bring Jesus into the world. But when he chose them, when, when Moses, when he called those people out of Egypt and he chose the people for himself, what did he tell them their responsibility was? What were they to be? His people. His people. Good. They were to be his people, and they were to be a representative of who he is. So they were to be a light for the rest of the world. Well, God was bringing them. If, he, if God had chosen the Egyptians, there would be no proof of God's mercy and grace. Right. Now there watch. was a reason they were enslaved. Okay. But, but then it goes all the way back to Abraham. Well, it goes all the way back to Adam. To Adam. It goes all right. the way back to before the creation because the Father, the Son, and the Holy right. Spirit. And so everything that happened, even their slavery, all that stuff was God had already had planned. Sure. Sure he did. But we have to remember that God chose the children of Israel. He didn't choose the Amorites, Hittites, or Perizzites, Jebusites, or any of those ites, did he? But you know what he did? He chose them. And he said, I'm not choosing you because you're a big and strong people. I'm choosing you because you're the least and the weakest. And you're hard-headed, you're stubborn, you're aggravating. Like, there, there's a whole list of things that he said. I'm not choosing you out because of you. You're the last thing that anybody would pick. And that's why I'm picking you. Because I'm going to show my glory through your weakness. My strength will be magnified, you see? And so what he did was he chose him and he said, you are to be a light to the world. Think about that. He, what does it mean to say that he chose the Israelites to be a light to the world? They were supposed to, uh, the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, the Philistines, all those pagan nations should have been able to look at Israel and say that's what God is. That's what God looks like. Because they're his kids, and if they're his kids, they should act yeah, like daddy. That's something I want. Good. That's what they should have done. 
but did they do it? No. No. So look at it again. No, and, want to be a right. <laughs> so look at verse 30 again. The Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves. And so outside looking in through the whole ministry of Jesus, they saw hate. They saw they saw a lot of bad things. Good. They were not happy. Before. That's exactly right. And now, what about today? What about in the church? What were we chosen to be? God's people. That's all in light in the this light. world, right? Yeah. And and do you think that we're doing any better than Israel did? Probably not. No. We do the same thing. We I just, know in my life personally, oh yeah, things are way better and I am so different. But Right. But I I don't know that anybody can see Jesus. But but compared to the Israelites, is the church doing any better no, today than the Israelites? No. And not only that, we've got a they got a better excuse than we do. Because we have the Holy Spirit living within us. Like we they didn't have the Holy Spirit living in them. We we have less excuse than they did. And we screw it up just as much as they do. You remember we've talked about this over and over in here. How many times have you heard somebody say the reason I don't go to church is because there's a bunch of what? Hypocrites in church. Well, they're right. There are no, right? Yeah, there are. You better believe there are. There there's hypocrites in every church. And if you don't believe it, look in the mirror when you brush your teeth before you head to church Sunday and you'll find one. I think I see a lot of struggling Because we all, we all have a tendency to be hypocritical, to put on airs and act like something we're not. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. All right? So, um, again, who are the two groups, now that we got that down, who are the two groups of people that John the Baptist's message went out to? The Jewish uh, hierarchy, the yeah, the lawyers, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and then the the common people. What was the reaction to John's message? One group accepted, repented, and were baptized, recognizing that God was just and they were not. And the other group, rejecting God's purpose for them, rejected God and walked away. They don't need Him. You see, they were Jewish. They don't need to be dunked in some water and they're circumcised in the flesh. You see? They were dependent on how holy, holy, holy they were. The other crowd was recognizing how sinful, sinful, sinful they were and how holy, holy, holy God was. And so they turned away from their sin and turned to God's holiness and found it. The other group refused to recognize that God was any holier than they were. So they would not turn from their own self-righteousness to find the righteousness of God. They rejected it. Okay? So in today's lesson, what we want to do is we want to finish up. I want to look at a couple of passages. While we're in Luke, let's look at Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. And this is what it says. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 7, verse 35. One verse. It's very small. Do y'all see that? Yeah. It says, Yet wisdom is vindicated by her children. Wisdom is justified by her children. You might, what does your say, Lori, in the ESV? Wisdom is justified. Wisdom is children. justified. So we'll go with that. Wisdom is justified by God her children. says wisdom is justified by all her children. By all her children. Okay. Good. Now let's look at let's keep your mark there and turn back to Matthew eleven nineteen and we'll read another uh, translate uh, another uh, angle on this. Luke, uh, Matthew chapter eleven verse nineteen. Matthew chapter eleven and verse nineteen. 
Alright. And at the very end of verse 19 it says this. Wisdom is vindicated or justified by her deeds. Is that what yours says? Wisdom is justified by her deeds. Chapter 11, verse 19. Matthew 11. came eating and drinking. And they said, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom wisdom is justified by her deeds. All right. So the background or context of this is Jesus is now chiding the people. He said, John the Baptist came to you and you said he was demon-possessed and a wild man. Right? He came to you not eating or drinking, but separating himself from everybody and living out in the wilderness. And you said he had a demon that was beside himself. The Son of Man comes and drinks, and they are the Son of Man comes and eats and drinks with sinners. And you say that he is a gluttonous and a wine bibber. It doesn't matter what what a person does. Good. He's never going to be good. Enough. Good. So what Jesus is saying is, it does not matter what way that God comes and presents Himself to you. You're not going to accept. You re- you reject Him. But, he said, wisdom is justified by her children, and wisdom is justified by her deeds. Alright? So we want to focus on those two statements today and see if we can't figure that out. Wisdom is justified by her children, and wisdom is justified by her deeds. I guess the first thing that we should do is define wisdom. What is wisdom? Can somebody help me out with that? What is the knowledge. definition of wisdom? Knowledge. No. Okay. Knowledge. Wisdom is more than knowledge. It's more than knowledge. Okay. Having, having like a spiritual, um, well, according to the Bible, like Bible, you know, it's, it's basically just having like a like a spiritual uh, education. Um, knowing, knowing of the. Okay. Knowing, All right. So let's define knowledge first. What is knowledge? Understanding. Understanding. All right, so it's very simple. I I won't make it hard. Knowledge is what you know. Okay, that's knowledge, what you know. All right? So so the definition of knowledge is what you know. That's why it's called knowledge. So what is wisdom? Well, wisdom is being able to take what you know and put it to use. So wisdom is applied knowledge. Okay? Knowledge is what you know. Wisdom is be having the ability to apply what you know. True wisdom is vindicated by its consequences. Okay? Now, what does it mean to say uh, wisdom? What? How, how can we differentiate between wisdom and knowledge? Um, I a lot of times I'll use the illustration when you were a kid um, and you were in kindergarten you sung a little song that said A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V W X Y Z. I still do when right? I <laughs> Now I know that's what. My ABC. Now I know that's knowledge. Now I know my ABC. Next time won't you sing with me? And if you sing with that person, then you'll know the ABCs too, right? That's the way that, that they use to teach kids the ABCs. That's knowledge. All right, but wisdom is being able to do this. W-I-S-D-O-M. W-I-S-D-O-M. What did I just spell? Wisdom. Wisdom. All right? Because so, I know my ABCs. Right. But, so I took the knowledge that I have. 
and I applied it. You see, if there was a three-year-old in here that was sitting here with me all sassy singing, now I know my ABC, next time won't you sing with me? And I said, okay, well, Miss Press, what does W-I-S-D-O-N mean? She would look at me and not know what I'm talking about, would she? Because she knows the alphabet, but she has not yet acquired the wisdom wisdom to apply it. You see how that works? And so there's a lot of us, I'm going to raise my hand and be the first one to tell you this, I know a lot of trivial things, like a lot of stuff. I know things, but my wisdom is not all there, right? I know that saving money is important. My bank account does not show that I have wisdom. (laughs) Are you with me? Wait a minute. You you see how that works? So just because I know something Doesn't doesn't mean that it's helping me at all. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But if I don't know how to apply that knowledge, what good is that knowledge doing me? So now that we have an understanding of the difference in wisdom and knowledge, now we can figure out these verses here. So remember, the context is John the Baptist has come proclaiming that they need to repent and be forgiven. And what do the people do? Some of the people repent and find forgiveness. Some of the people reject that, right? They both have knowledge. The people that rejected Jesus are not going to be able to stand on judgment day and say, but I didn't know. They had knowledge. But they didn't have the wisdom to apply that knowledge, did they? Some of the people had the wisdom to apply that knowledge. Which group of those people had the wisdom to apply the knowledge? The sinners. The sinners. The ones that turned from sin itself and turned to Christ. They. But wasn't the ability to turn a gift from God? Sure. That was called faith. Yep. Of course it is. But they still, they have the wisdom now, right? Because why? Where does wisdom come from? Oh, wisdom. God. Yeah, God is the one that gives us our wisdom that we have. So so look what he says again. Looking at uh, Matthew 11 and verse 19. Wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Can somebody help me out? Let's go ahead and solve this problem now. What is he, Jesus, trying to say? <clears throat> Wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Well, what are deeds? Works. Works. The things we do. The things we do. So what does it mean to say wisdom is vindicated by our deeds? Vindicated. Shown. Right. Vindicated means to be proven. Good. Proven. To be proved. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be declared a good thing to declare right. Like a wise person, right. their bank account will will show their wisdom. Good. That's exactly <laughs> right. Right? Sometimes I get somebody somebody will leave their ATM slip in, in the ATM and I pull it out and you know see forty or fifty thousand dollars in yeah. their account and They're I go wise. I was like, Whoa man. Like I've never seen that kind of money in my life before, right? Well they might not be wise, they might have hit the lottery. Who who knows? But at least they put fifty of it in the bank, right? That but, was wise. But so when it says wisdom is vindicated, or wisdom actually, it actually, um, I think it says justified in in your translation, doesn't it? It says wisdom, justified, but then the study the study notes it says true wisdom is vindicated by vindicated by its consequences. Yep. So wisdom is justified is by her deeds. What does it mean to be justified? You've already there said it charges. one time. You've already said it one time. What does it mean to be just? Right. To be right. So to be justified means to be proven. Right. Right. Okay. That's what it means to be justified. 
if you have been forgiven of all of your sins well that's me I wasn't right if you have been forgiven of all of your sins and God has shared his righteousness with you you are now just and you are justified what does that mean when God looks at you there's no wrath to be poured on you anymore you have been justified you have been found right in his eyes that's not your goodness that's God's goodness that has been shared with you you see so to be justified means to be in good standings with God or to be in good standings with the law, to be in good standing with what is right. To be justified means to be proven right. So that verse that Jesus said right there is this. Wisdom is justified by her actions. What does that say? What does that mean? Help me out, God. How do we apply our knowledge? Okay. So Wisdom is justified by her deeds. Which group, which group that heard God's message showed wisdom? The sinners. The sinners. So their actions proved <clears throat> that they were justified. And vindicated. Yes, and righteous. Yeah, and one more. Right. What is the root word of wisdom? Wise. We're wise. Okay? So wisdom is justified by her deeds. If you are wise, it's going to come out in your... Our actions. Actions. Good. Wisdom is justified by her deeds. You see what that means? Now, are you justified by your deeds? No. No. But if you're justified, your deeds will show it, won't they? You see how that works? Now, that's something we like to flip around. We like to flip that around and say, oh, I'm good because I work. Right. Right? I'm good because I work. See how much I work? That makes me good. The only reason I work is because God gave me a good job. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. So, all right. So that was one of the statements that he made. Wisdom is justified by her deeds. Now, let's look at that passage in... um, in uh, Luke 7, the same passage, same context, same passage, same context, Luke uh, chapter 7, and look at verse 35. Wisdom is vindicated by all her children, or wisdom is justified by her children. That was your says in the ESV there, Lord? Wisdom. Mine says wisdom is justified <coughs> by all her children. Okay. All right. Now, we've had it said wisdom is justified by her deeds, her actions. What does it mean to say wisdom is justified by her children? Followers. What, is, is, is wisdom a woman that has babies? No. Oh, so her children are the deeds that are produced by the by the wise sinners? No. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Why did they call Jesus the son of the carpenter? Do y'all know that? Isn't, isn't this the son of the carpenter? Well, Joseph adopted him. Okay. And what did Joseph do for a living? The carpenter. And what did, jo- and what did Jesus take up as a trade when? He was a carpenter. Carpenter, right? When you took up your, you acted like your dad. My son acts like my dad. Right. Right. And we've all heard that old saying, a chip off the old. Block. block, right? So, where do you get your traits from? Parents. Your parents, all right? So, wisdom. My mother might deny that. So, if someone is a child of wisdom, how are they going to act? Wise. They're going to act wise, you see? 
So wisdom is justified by her children. If you go and you look at these people and they're out there living the right way. And their consequences of their deeds will show that. Good. And you look at them and you say, man, that's a wise person right now. I want right? to be like that person. I want to be like that person. I want to be wise like them. So what's happening is wisdom is being justified by the way her kids act. Does that make sense? Wisdom is justified by her children. Now remember, we were talking about the children of Israel, right? That one group of those people, what did they do? They returned from sin. They turned from sin, uh, repented of their sins, were baptized and received forgiveness. And became Christians. And, and became children of God. That's exactly right. So, so what does that say about them? They were wise. They were children of wisdom. Wisdom was justified by what they did. Right? But what about the other group? They rejected God's purpose for them. They were unwise. You see how that works? So they can't say that they're children of wisdom, can they? Why? Because they're stupid. <laughs> you know, well, they were rebellious, right? Yeah. But the reality, the reality I is... I mean, it was right there in front of them, and they rejected it. Okay. And, but they saw Christ with their own eyes. Yep. So... They rejected wisdom, and that proved that wisdom had nothing Stephen to do with it. Was them. a little harsh. That that she wasn't. She didn't want anything to do with them. Why? Because they weren't her kids. Wisdom is justified by her children. Her children act like her. How does she act? She's wise. So what we'll do to finish up our lesson today? Turn with me back to Proverbs chapter eight. Okay. <clears> that's book, one of my favorites. When I first started really reading the Bible, that's what it was. The, the book of Proverbs is, uh, of is one of the wisdom books. There's 31 of them. How many days do we have in a month? 31. Usually 30 or 31. 31. And a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Look at all the notes I got in Proverbs. The other ones the February. Huh? February. Yeah, February. Yeah. Now, a lot of people will read one of these a day, and just to, and then they always know where they where are. Where are we at? We're going to be in Proverbs chapter eight. Proverbs chapter eight, and we're going to look at Proverbs chapter eight and nine. It says this: Proverbs chapter eight. Oh no, that's the one I hadn't read. The one. You hadn't read it? No. Well, we we're going to read. I always, I always circle the chapter number when I've read that chapter. All right. Well, good. We're going to read it right now, and now you can go ahead and circle it. Okay. Right, exactly. It says this: Does not wisdom call, and understanding lift up her voice? All right. What is it? What are we doing with this? This wisdom, we're uh, we're ascribing human-like qualities to it, right? Yeah, but these words were inspired. By God. Sure. So why does he give wisdom human-like qualities? That's a great question. Person-like qualities. Why did Jesus come in the flesh? To have person-like qualities? So that we could understand him, so that we could see him and relate to him. Yeah. And so the 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 in the Bible, they use something called anthropomorphism, which means putting, uh, well, anthropomorphism would be putting human characteristics to an animal or to a tree or to, to some, something. You see, and so they put they put um, man-like qualities to wisdom, so that we can identify with it, with it, and understand. But not to suggest that wisdom is a lie. Well, uh, the reality is, is all where does all wisdom come from? 
Christ. Right. And so it all comes from God, the creator. Christ is fine. That's a perfectly good answer. But so what you'll see in, in chapter 8 and 9 is a lot of people say that this is a way of describing God, that it's his wisdom. But uh, and some people would say that this is a description of Jesus, like that this is actually pointing to who Jesus is. Um, so look what it says. Does not wisdom call and understanding lift up her voice? On the top of the heights, beside the way where the path meets, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, at the opening of the city, at the entrance of the door, she cries out. What do you think it means where the paths meet? The top of the heights where the paths meet. That could be, have you ever heard of it? I'm at a crossroads in my life, right? right? This could be a point where I need to make a decision in my life, and who's there at where the paths meet? Wisdom. She's there. Where the path made the person that came into my mind was the path to hell and the path to heaven. Good. And wisdom is there. And what is she doing? She's crying out. Okay? She's calling out. And she says to um, to you, O men, I call. Uh, and my voice is to the sons of men. Alright, so who is this calling? Christ. Yeah, and I would actually say that it was probably another person of uh, the Trinity. Yeah. Oh, naive ones, understand prudence, and oh, fools, understand wisdom. Listen, for I will speak noble things, and the opening of my lips will reveal right things, for my mouth will utter truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the utterances of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing crooked or perverse in them. They are all straightforward to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choicest gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all desirable things cannot compare to her. That says a lot. Yeah, it certainly does. I wisdom dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding power is mine. By me kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles, all who judge rightly. I love those who love me and those who diligently seek me will find me. Now, that's talking about wisdom, right? I love those who love me. So what is wisdom's response to us if we love her? She loves us back, right? And those who diligently seek me will find me. So how do we get wisdom? We seek for it. But you know what? Jesus actually said the same thing, didn't he? All of those who seek yes. me will surely find me. Yes. You see? He is the very essence of wisdom. He's God. He's the source of all wisdom. So you see how this can be talking about wisdom as a, as a characteristic, uh, or it can be talking about wisdom as the very nature of God himself. All right? I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. Riches and honor with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even pure gold, and my yield better than choicest silver. I walk in the way of the righteousness, in the midst of the path of justice, 
to endow those who love me with wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his words of old. From everlasting I was established. From the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth, when there was no depth, I was brought forth. When there was no spring abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While he had not yet made the earth and the fields, nor the first dust of the world, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he ascribed a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when the springs of the deep became fixed, when he set for the sea its boundary, so that the watermark would not transgress his command, when he marked out the fountains of the earth, then I was beside him as a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the world his earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. Now therefore, O sons, listen to me, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Heed instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting for at my doorposts. For he who finds me finds life. That's talking about wisdom and Jesus, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. And obtains Beautiful. favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me injures himself, and all those who hate me love death. Now, with that said, let's go back to the passage now. Remember what is Jesus doing? He's saying wisdom is justified by her children. Wisdom is justified by her deeds. What is he declaring there? He's saying that those that heard the message and repented and were forgiven and saved were expressing wisdom. They were wise. Those that rejected him, those that hate me, love death. The hand? Yeah. Think about how powerful that is. Those men turned and rejected Jesus, and Jesus is saying, those that reject me love death. So what do we need to do? We need to be wise. Right? We need to be wise. Fear God. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Turn away from evil, right? And seek the Lord. So today we learned a couple of really cool things. Uh, What does it mean to say that wisdom is justified by her children? It means that wisdom's children are wise and they show by their actions that they belong to wisdom, that they belong to her. Wisdom is justified by her deeds. If you really are a wise person, you will act wise. Now, I can tell you, I can count uh, on my hand the times today that I have not been wise, that I've done something dumb, right? It's going to be a constant battle the rest of our lives. It's not like you're going to be some old sage sitting around with a long gray beard and a pipe and just know everything, right? Um, What do we need to do? I'll I'll finish with this. Remember what he said. Uh, Those that seek me will surely find me. Those that seek me shall surely find me. So what are we to do? We're to seek for wisdom. And where do you find wisdom? In His Word. That's why we come here every week and learn. It's because we know that the source of wisdom comes from God's truth. So I want to thank you all guys for your time today. Let's close with a quick prayer. We'll call it a day. Father, thank you for this message. Uh, thank you for uh, helping us to to understand how important it is for us to trust you and to seek your wisdom and to seek your face in all that we do. I pray that you will help us to apply this to to our hearts so that we can be wise and be pleasing to you. 
Help us now as we go this week uh, to do the right things. Uh, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.